Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Each year we start a word, I start the year with a word rather, the staff, we seek God, what's one word um, that can kind of focus us, direct us? I, I ask that you would do that during our 21 days of prayer and fasting, seek God, what is it God that you want from me this year? Well, what's, what's one thing that I can focus on? Uh, too often we start the year with too many things and we end up doing none of them. Uh, by picking one thing helps you to succeed in that goal, that task, that purpose. But when you bring God into the mix, oh my gosh, that's where the power comes from. So last year, my one word was dependence. So when I was fathering and husbanding and, and leading, I, I would just filter, God, I'm dependent on you. God, I need you. God. It was just a word that sort of filtered through my mind and my brain, dependence, dependence, dependence. My, my word this year is grow. My word is grow. To, to grow as a pastor, but I also believe spiritually and prophetically, this is a year for us to grow as a church. See, people saved Lives change, our, our relationship with God to grow, with each other to grow. Who loves to grow? Who, who, who likes growing? Growing's great. Maybe for you it's growing your relationship with God. Deeper, more intimate, uh, more understanding, more revelation. Maybe it's growing some relationships. It's time to be intentional with someone in your family. Uh, plan some time each week to spend with them. Get off those screens and get into their face and, and take them out. Uh, and just spend some time investing. Maybe, maybe you've got to grow um, your relationships with, with someone that doesn't know Christ. Um, and maybe it's time to grow in your business and get promotion at work, launch a business, start a business, uh, a ministry to grow. I like the idea of growth. Growth kind of excites me. And I believe in all of us, as we're created in the image of God, we have this kind of nature is conquestual nature born into us to grow, to expand and, and to, to do more for the kingdom of God. And so the only thing that we can't grow is the hairs in our ears. <laughs> I don't know what's going on as I'm getting older, but these hairs in my ears are out of control. I talked to my barber and he says, mate, what you got to do is you get a lighter. You flick the lighter on, you you singe it. Who does that? Who does that? So anyway, it was really bushy because he tried to do it with his little thing, but it ran out of battery. And so I go home and I got my lighter. I'm like, here we go. I got the mirror. Here we go. The problem was it was a bit overgrown. And, and, you know, you had that rating on the fire danger. It was high. It was dry. It had, you know, it was ready. And and so I I, I hit it with with the lighter. (laughs) Well, it didn't just singe, it kind of took off. And then there's like this, it was on fire. And I'm like, where's Chin, the fireman? You know, I need some help. And, and it actually burnt my ear. And, and it's, I still got this mark. So I don't know how you deal with the hair in your ears, but we're not praying for growth in hair in our ear. Why is it that we get older, hair grows in all the wrong places? Anyway, but what we do, what we do want to see is this idea of growth comes out of the Garden of Eden. Let's go to Genesis 1.22. When God created man, He blessed them. And what did He do? He said, be fruitful and what? So this word multiply comes from the Hebrew word rabah, rabah. It means to become great, to become many, become much, become numerous. That's what the meaning of that word multiply 
that we were all created to multiply, to grow. We were born not to decline, not to decrease, not to diminish. We were born with this nature to grow, to expand the kingdom of God. And regardless of your age or your faith or where you're at, you were all blessed by God, created in His nature to be fruitful and multiply. I want to talk about multiplying this year in our lives and and where God wants to grow and expand your influence and your capacity. In fact, our mission statement and elevation is about multiplying healthy local churches to impact our city. This is built on Scripture. God wants us to expand it, to be fruitful and and to multiply. In Genesis 2.9, the Lord made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground and trees were beautiful and produced delicious fruit. There's this concept that healthy things grow, that they produce fruit that benefits others. These trees create environments for people to nest in, that, that we can grow as individuals, as humans to benefit and help others, but to also expand God's kingdom. Today, we're going to learn how to grow God's way. Now, the way to grow God's way is very different than the way to grow man's way. See, way man grows is man grows with uh, learning, experience, education, skills. And we understand that, right? Work and grow and school and we understand. But God grows a different way. God's economy of growth uses something that man doesn't understand. It's called faith. And faith is essential for us to understand if we want to multiply and grow. In fact, without faith, it's impossible to please God, the Bible says. You have no idea what God may produce through a single seed planted in faith. Who knows what God wants to do in your life? Who knows what God wants to do through you this year? As you understand this concept of faith and you apply it to that area that God is moving in your life or that you desire, you've got no idea what the result may be. In our text today, we're going to look at Genesis and meet a man called Abram, who later became Abraham. And he was a simple shepherd boy, married uh, a wife named Sarah who was barren. She couldn't have children. Honestly, the most unlikely couple that you would think God would choose to grow a great nation called Israel. Let's have a look, Genesis 12.1. The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. Make you famous and you'll be a blessing to others. A powerful promise of growth came over Abraham's life. I'll bless you. I'll make you famous and you'll be a blessing. So Abraham's like, this is awesome. Give me these prophecies. This is great news. He's stoked. He's pumped. He's he's fired up. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be more famous than Kylie Jenner. You know, I'm going to be known more than Elon Musk. I'm going to get more coin than Messi. This is great. You know, he's, he's pumped. He's excited. And then we pick up the story 10 years later. Genesis 15 verse 1, sometime later. 10 years had passed 
after he'd had this prophecy of growth, of establishing a nation and being blessed and blessing others. And we find that things hadn't gone so well. Actually, not much had happened at all. The Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, don't be afraid, Abram, I'll protect you. Your reward will be great. And then Abraham, he says, look, hang on, God. Look, it's all good, these words and this church thing and, you know, your prophecies, but I ain't got a kid. I got nothing. I, I, I don't even have a son. Uh, how is this going to happen? How am I going to be blessed? You know, I'm still just looking after sheep and my wife, Sarah, can't have any kids. Well, what, what, what on earth is this promise that you gave me? I, I don't know about you, but I can relate to that. So Abraham's 85 years old at this point. And he's like, my, my best days are behind me. He's like, I'm, I'm getting old. Uh, my, my body's starting to ache a little bit. Who, who takes a bit longer to get out of bed in the morning? This morning, I'm like, Bonnie, I can't get out of my back. Or your eyesight, you know, starts to dim. Let's be honest, we're in church, right? No judging, we love each other. Who's enlarged your font on your phone? <laughs> font enlarged? Who, who are the font enlarged? Because you refuse to get glasses. So you're just gonna, and who goes full screen, full, full brightness? Who's the full brightness people? All right, let's be really honest, and we're going to have a prayer line for this afterwards. <laughs> Who uses the flashlight on their phone to read the menu <laughs> at the restaurant? <laughs> uh, who's doing Pilates? Because, you know, you don't want to go to the gym, and so you sort of cheat by doing the old people's workout Pilates. And so, they, you know, you... you you're signing up to private health cover. You're adding dental. You know, you're, you're going to visual because we're getting old. Imagine Abraham. He's 85. And this promise of growth hasn't happened. And he's like, well, where are you, God? Um, he, he'd hoped that he'd have a child and he hadn't had one 10 years later. Maybe you feel like that as we go into this brand new year and you look back on the last couple and they haven't been great. And you wonder, you know, you're still single. You'd hoped you'd be married and have kids by now. Single, you haven't even had a date. Date, you haven't even bought a dress in years. And you're like, God, where are you? Maybe you wanted to get your own home. And, and, and with the prices in Sydney, you know, you started off with, hey, you know, a three-bed, two-bath, that'll be cool. Now you've kind of gone to a townhouse in a unit. Now, now it's a tiny home and now you just think your, your parents' garage looks pretty sweet. You know, you just sort of think, will I ever, will I ever have a, have a property? Um, maybe you're believing for loved ones. Come on, church. Maybe you've been believing for loved ones to come to Christ and, and you've been praying and you think God's just absent, not even listening. Maybe that promotion at work you've been longing for and you think this, the guy above you is never going to quit. They're never retiring. You know, the retirement age keeps extending. And so you think, oh, you, you know, we, we, we can sometimes become disillusioned. We can sometimes lose our way. That's why God requires this thing called faith to keep us in the game so that we can continue to believe for God's promises can be Fulfilled. Maybe today you've lost some hope. You, you're a bit disillusioned with this whole God thing. 
You're wondering, where is he? Does he even care? Is he even real? And look, I want to be sensitive and have empathy. And I know there are challenges. But I also want to challenge us as a church through God's Word. We were created to be fruitful and multiply. We were created to understand we're men and women of God, that we can release this thing called faith, that we can see God move because He's a great God and He's a good God and He wants to bless you and He wants to expand your influence and He wants to make a difference in your family, in your community for His glory. And so we have to understand that we can't just be be people that just push to and throw by life or circumstance or society. But come on, there's a shout in all of us that we want to be men and women of God who He's called us to be to reach the destiny that He has for us. It's not okay just to be pushed around and just to, you know, put up with whatever throws upon us. We're not victims. We're men and women of God. We're the head and not the tail. We're the apple of His eye that He has a plan and a purpose for us and it is to be fruitful and to multiply. And you've got no idea what God may produce through a single seed planted in faith because faith, all it needs is a little bit. Just a a mustard seed is all that we need to move a mountain. So how do we grow God's way? I want to get practical now so we can apply some learning from Scripture into our lives. In Genesis 1, we see that God gave man a vision to be fruitful and multiply, right? We shared that. But now we're going to see in Genesis 2 that He gave man a method. How do we be fruitful and multiply? In verse 15 of Genesis 2, the Lord placed man in the Garden of Eden to what? To tend and watch. Tend and watch. Well, what does that mean? Well, there's some Hebrew words, which is shema for watch, means to guard, observe. And the Hebrew word for tend is abad, which is to labour and to work. And so the first thing that when God placed man was to watch. We need to learn to see with our eyes of faith, not through our eyes of lack. When it comes to faith, we have to see through our eyes of faith, not through our eyes of lack. Well, how do we do that? Genesis 15, 5. Then the Lord took Abraham outside and said to him, "What? look look up at the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. God had to position Abram to see. He had to get him out of his tent. The the tent was uh, symbolic for his circumstances, his limits, his lack. I don't have a son. My wife can't have children. You know, I'm just a farmer. I don't have any influence. How how on earth am I going to build a great nation that you promised? He, He was living in his tent. God had to get him out of his tent to lift his eyes up to see the bigness of God. That's why we come together on Sunday and we see how great is our God. It takes our eyes off our limits and our lack that we see around us, our physical body or relationships or circumstances. We suddenly see God is big. God, God can do anything. God is almighty or powerful. And so God had to get Abraham out to, to look up. When you look at your life, what do you see? As you start 2023, what do you see? What do you see for this year? Well, what do you see for your family, your children? What are you seeing for your workplace? What are you seeing? What are you believing? What are you dreaming for? What are you seeing? Maybe God needs to get you out of your tent, out of your stinking thinking, out of the limits and the lack of the past and the hurt, the labels. 
Maybe it's time to step out and say, God, I, I just need to look at nature. Nature's a great way to just look beyond the, the social or the screen or the limits of man and say, God, you're amazing. God, look at the sunrise and the sunset. Look at the stars in the heaven. Look at the grains of sand on the beach. Look, look at how big and great you are. God, God had to get Abram out of his thinking of his tent. I need to get out of my tent sometimes. I need to get out of my limit and my thinking, well, well, Miles, you don't know my circumstance. I'm in this dead end job and, and I need to study, but I can't stop working uh, because if I stop working, I don't get income. And I, you, you don't know that God might be preparing you, growing you. He may be requiring you to have more faith, more trust, more prayer, more hope, more belief. He, he may want to build his relationship with you in a greater way. You, you, you don't know my teenagers. I'm telling you, they're possessed. They are. They're just out of control. They don't listen. They don't do it. Yeah, but our God is bigger. He's greater. We pray. We seek. We spend time with Him. Who knows what God can do when we're faithful to Him? I've got this addiction. I can't break it. I've got these bad habits. I've tried in the past. I've tried again. God is bigger than any addiction, any circumstance. Don't quit. Don't give up. Maybe this is the year, the breakthrough. Maybe it's positioning you to get the help you need. Because often God works through people to bring healing that we need. He doesn't want you to do this life alone. He wants to position people around you. And that means breakfast, in that women's gathering. Uh, go out again. Don't, don't, don't be shy. Don't hold back. Put yourself out there to get the help that you may need. Well, I'm just stuck at home. You know, I'm just not doing anything. I'm going nowhere. I'm stuck on the shelf. No, no, God is, is using you greatly. People are watching you. They're looking at you. They're hearing your language. Your, your children are watching you. You're, don't underestimate what God might be doing. As I'm putting this message together, uh, big man of faith, we're going to grow, you know. We're going to take over and see people saved every day and every week. And I'm believing and I'm praying for miracles. And here, big, big man of faith, right? And then Lindsay, our, our business manager, sends me an email with our giving <laughs> and, I'm, and, and I'm like, it wasn't very good. And I'm like, <laughs> suddenly I'm back in my tent. Oh, how are we ever going to do that? If that's our giving now, that's what's going to be like next week, you know. And maybe I'm not the guy. Maybe I missed the boat. Maybe I didn't hear. You know, suddenly doubt comes in. Well, you know, maybe everyone was on holidays and maybe they're not going to come back, you know. Um, maybe Isaac scared them all away, you know. Maybe, maybe you know, that we're not going to be able to, to employ the people we need to employ for the workers to do the work. You know, suddenly my, I can get into it tense so quickly of doubt and unbelief. We've got to keep our eyes on our God. We've got to keep our eyes on Him. When you get that email, that lawsuit's coming, when you get that text, someone's angry. Don't fall into your tent. Get out of your tent. Say, God, you're greater. You're bigger. Keep your eyes on Him. Number one, we've got to learn to see. Number two, we've got to learn to believe. Seeing's not enough. Faith requires Action. Remember the word tend comes from the Hebrew word abar, means to labour and to work. James 2.17, in the same way faith also, if it has no works, is dead. Faith requires a bit of action. Faith requires a step. It doesn't have to be a big step, a stupid step, but it requires some step, some action. 
Genesis 15, 6, And Abraham believed in the Lord and he counted him as righteousness because of his faith. Abraham believed. Not only did he believe, he acted. So by this time, he's 99. Sorry, he's 100. Sarah's 99. 25 years has gone by. And not much had happened. This great nation of growth that he was going to lead and be the father of hadn't established. But Hebrews 11, 1 says, Now faith is the confidence of what we hope for, the assurance of what we do not see. Faith requires us to step out of our limit and our lack and our what we don't have and requires us to actually do something. It can be something little. Do something towards Him. We were talking this morning in our team meeting and praying for the service and Bishop Ben, I call him, he's such a wise man, I learned from him. He, he, he says, fasting and praying doesn't bring revival alone. Think about it, you can fast and pray till you're blue in the face. If we don't talk to anyone, they're not going to hear the gospel, right? If, if we don't share our faith, if, if we don't act on it, if we just hide out in a bunker, well, we're not going to bring the growth and the change. Belief requires action. Genesis 18, 11, Abraham and Sarah were very old. Sarah was past the age of having babies. And she laughed within herself. An old woman like me get pregnant with this old man of a husband. Women don't ever laugh at your husband. We're very insecure. Don't, don't ever laugh at this old man. So what did he do? Abraham. He believed. He, uh, he gave that look. Men who are married. This is, uh, this is PG service. I get it. But you know men how we give that look that tonight's the night? That, you know, this is, you know, he's, you know, making the coffee in the morning and preparing. You know, he's like... I know you're old, Sarah, but I've got to believe God's, God's will for my life. And so he kind of, you know, starts sort of giving her the wink and the, and, and, and the, the, hey, hey, you know, what do you think? It's just sort of, I don't know how you do it. I'm not going to tell you my moves. We've got five kids, so it worked, but it's, it's, we've got to stop that thing. We're going to shut that down. And so, uh, but the amazing thing is Abraham, he, he, even though his wife laughed at him, uh, they, they were intimate and... And a child was born. A child was born. It's amazing to me that the growth of this mighty nation of Israel, when you look back and, and, and peel back the layers, just came from a very humble couple who couldn't have kids, who had a promise that had passed, years had gone by. And Abraham wasn't perfect. Abraham lied. He was disobedient. He... he, he he committed adultery, shacked up with Hagar, yet, yet he was a man of faith. He was a man of faith. In fact, Abraham, because of his faith, his seeing and believing, the Bible called him a friend of God. He's the only person in the Bible to have that title. It's a pretty special title to be a friend of God. It wasn't based on his perfection. It wasn't based on his talent or how good he was. It wasn't based on how young or, or fit or good looking. It was based on his faith. It was based on his faith. And 4,000 years later, we're here today because of his faith. Galatians 3.29. And now that you belong to Christ, 
You're too, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. The God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. The promises that God gave to Abraham belong to us. That because of his faith and his faithfulness to God, because he was able to see but also believe, to, to put action, say, okay, if I'm going to have a son, I've, I've, I've got to get intimate with my wife, Sarah. And out of that faith, the child was born, Isaac. The nation of Israel was started and still remains today. And through Christ, we're actually um, adopted in as God's children to this great, great nation. As the band comes, 10 years ago, I had a, a, um, a little vision. It wasn't a vision that I saw with my eyes. It was more of an impression. I was up at um, uh, the Coolangatta and I was overlooking the, the ocean there. And it was just this premonition that came upon me very strongly that I'd be involved with Bonnie leading churches up the coast of Australia. Now, that was foreign to me because 10 years ago, we were living in the States. We'd lived in the States 15 years, kids born there. And we weren't looking at coming back. Yet that vision sort of got me thinking and, and seeing. The next step was I had to actually fly back to Australia for an interview that I was asked by Elevation, Ross, to uh, see if I wanted a job with Elevation. Now, here's the problem. Our visa was being transferred from an E2 to an R1 and it hadn't come through yet. And our attorney said, don't go. If you go and leave the country, there's no guarantee you'll get back in because you're leaving your wife and five kids and all your houses. You've got to be able to come back. And the attorney said, don't go. And it was a real difficult discussion because I will put my family first. I will not sacrifice my family on the altar of ministry. But I still need to be obedient to what God had called us to do. And Bonnie and I wrestled through this and we prayed. Remember that? And I'm like, man, if, what if I, I might not see you again? <laughs> we'll have to FaceTime each other. And, and I'm like, this is a big issue. And I don't know if everyone's worked through visas with the America. Look, America think they're, you know. <laughs> anyway. It's not an easy process. And the Bonnie and I prayed and we thought, you know, if we have to be obedient. We've got to put some action to this thing called faith. And so I flew back and went through the interview, got offered the job and praise the Lord, they let me back in. <laughs> but it was touch and go. And I share that story to say, daily I believe I go through these steps where I have to do something I don't think I'm capable of, that I have to push forward in the areas that I don't feel comfortable. That's what faith does. Faith stretches you expands you. But on the other side of faith is the promises that God has for all of us. And we're actually going to sing a song called Build Your Church. And, and I just want to prophetically pray, if I can for a moment, over our church. I believe this is a year of growth for us. A year where souls are going to be saved. Miracles are going to happen. Families are going to be united. People coming back together. Marriages restored. Healings to happen. I believe this. But I believe it comes when we as the people, it's, it's us, you, me, where we see it and we also believe it. And as we sing this song, I want God to really challenge you. Do you see it? Do you see us flourishing as a church? 
like we already are, but even to a greater degree. Do, do you see people getting saved every Sunday? Do, do you see a youth ministry, they're just passionate, on fire, witnessing to their friends in school? Do you, do you see a young adult ministry where they're caring and loving and, and, and pouring into each other? Do, do you see a seniors ministry where they're caring and pouring into that next generation and mentoring? Do you see a kids ministry or learning the ways of the Lord where, where we're discipling and caring? Do, do you see a church that's impacting the Hills community, helping those mums who are suffering domestic violence and those uh, young girls that don't uh, marry, uh, have kids out of wedlock and we're able to support those who are less fortunate than us and care for those that are, can't find accommodation and uh, mental illness and addictions. Can you see that? Can you see that? Next question, can you believe with me and do something about it? Maybe for you it's to start giving because you haven't been giving. Maybe it's to start praying because you haven't been praying. Maybe it's to get involved and serve in some capacity. Let God challenge you what it is. But I pray as we believe this, as we believe together, as we sing this song and declare it over our church, God, God, God is moving. God is releasing His Spirit and His power over this place. Let's sing together.